0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres have lost five of their last six. The goaltending situation is in shambles right now, as we all anticipated prior to the season. We'll get to that in a minute, but the one bright spot that we want to talk about at the top of the show is Tage Thompson who has been on an absolute tear this season. He is on, I believe, a 31-goal pace right now, has been a completely rejuvenated player under Don Granado, especially considering he's been moved to center, and that has really seemed to unlock several facets of his game that we clearly weren't seeing prior to this season. So let's get into it talking about Tage here, because when you look at his last five games, he has four goals or five goals and an assist. He has 10 goals, five assists in 21 games this year. He's averaging 1729 time on ice. He's been driving play. He's been looking better in his own zone. He's been in a major asset on the power play. Is Tage Thompson, this new revitalized version of him for real? Oh, he's real.
1: Yeah. He, uh, I just like to throw out there real quick. You mentioned he has, 10 goals and 15 points that Ryan O'Reilly only has three goals and 10 points,
0: uh, so Mm. far this year won the trade (laughs) makes you think just kidding. (laughs) We should also mention though, before we get into this too, that while he is on a 31 goal pace, he is shooting a ridiculous 18% right now. Prior to this in the 2020, 2021 season, he was at 3.49%. Uh, And then his first season with the Sabers, he shot six point three eight percent. So yeah, eighteen percent shooting right now. So the puck is just going in for him. Yeah, I mean, I have it at sixteen
1: point seven. Is that oh, okay? Am I wrong here? I mean, that's I mean, it's still a lot, but it's like, you no, know, guys shoot. I don't think he's going to score thirty one goals. Um, And but you know, sometimes your your uh, your shooting percentage is really high for an entire season. So that'd be nice. No, obviously that happened for our, our good friend Jeff Skinner one season, we might remember. But yeah, well, so watching Tage, it's interesting because it's not just that the pucks are going in the net. He does look like a different guy. He looks like he's more confident uh, playing center. He looks to make other plays. He uh, he only has five assists, but he he isn't just kind of blindly out there. And like in the past couple of years, he looked like I've said before, like someone put like a baby deer on skates. I was like, get out there and, and, and do your best. <laughs> but like he just, I, I don't know if it's maybe playing under Granato under, under a good coach that knows what to get out of him, or, or if he's just more confident in finding his game, but I mean, this isn't really something that happens when you're 24 years old and you've already played a bunch of NHL games. Usually right. it's clear what you are. Right. Uh, but yeah. So I just think, yeah. So he's not going to score 30 goals and he's probably not a real top six guy but he's a real NHL player. And that's a win compared to what we thought before this season.
0: You had said several times over the summer, you had questioned whether he even was an NHL player. And that was not unwarranted either, given what we had seen from him last year. I mean, it, this is just a completely different player. Now, as you said, I mean, it's the goals are one thing, but yeah, he is setting up his line mates. And I think just him being able to be playing center now, it has I don't want to not like alleviated defensive responsibility because there's more responsibility in your own zone when you're a center. But I just think that him with what, how big of a body he is and having more ice and space to work with, it's allowed him to just open up his game significantly more. And on top of that, you know, this isn't, this isn't exactly like a tangible thing, but you could tell that he's playing with like a bit of a swagger, which is something and a confidence and that that is something that we have not seen from him at any point you know it, it's a oh. it's night and day it, it really is he he looked lost and there's his
1: it's not just the eye test obviously he was bad by the eye test he didn't produce he had uh terrible at producing points for this year but also like his advanced stats analytics whatever uh, were horrific yeah uh I believe, I don't 100% understand the stat, but it's just like his percentile, it's like his warp wins above replacement percentile. And basically, he's in the bottom 1% of NHL players last year. That's terrible. He's one of the worst players in the league. But he's been just, he, he, he's playing like a real NHL guy, which based on his draft pedigree, pedigree uh, that seems like it should be an actual possibility for him. Yeah, so it's, it's very nice. Hey, it's good to score goals, isn't it?
0: It's a beautiful thing. And I think too, this just goes to show that, I mean, his contract that he had gotten three years, 1.4 million a year, you know, at the time it was really hard to at least try and criticize that because of the fact that it was such a low cap hit in three years. I mean, he's young enough of a player that at the time, you know, it made sense, even though he hadn't proved himself to that point. But that just goes to show you that giving younger guys those kind of deals just to see if they may be able to just pop off and, and be able to, I mean, in his case, drastically outperform what he's making. You know, I, I think that just goes to show, again, what a what a great deal that was to just, you know, a low risk deal to a younger player i mean you know the term maybe scared a a few people with it being three years because like you said we're talking about a guy who did not look like he even belonged in the league in the first place so this just goes to show solid move on the sabers front office part yeah yeah for sure another seemingly smart move there by adams (laughs) absolutely so all right i mean he's not a 30 goal guy how many do you think he ends up with this year Let's say 23. That's a good number. I feel like that is like a a total sounds good for him, especially. I would maybe be a little bit disappointed if he can't hit 25, just given the current pace that he's on. But again, he's shooting 18, well, 16%. I looked on natural stat trick, That would They listed it as 18%, uh, but I on, on HL.com, it's the 16 number. So he's shooting 16%. That's bound to go down at some point. Um, you know, I don't think it'll go back down to what was it like three or, or so <laughs> three or four before, uh, last season. So, you know, say that evens out to, you know, maybe around in like the eight to 12% range. I mean, I think that's still a 25 goal score. he's just got to keep shooting the puck.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's something that I think you saw last year with both Reinhardt and Casey Middlestadt in the second half
0: of the year that it was like, why are you scoring? Because you're shooting. Right. Because you're being confident and taking control. And if we're being honest, he's not even shooting nearly enough. I mean, I he, he could definitely be shooting more. Um, he has 60 shots on goal, which I mean, is that's a good pace. That's about three. But still, you know, when you're a young guy who is being asked to step into a new role, uh, you know, a heightened role within the organization, you know, especially with middle Step being out, I want him shooting even more. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so I guess you know what I'm getting at is that there's not really gonna be a point where I I'll say like, oh, I'm satisfied. like I just want him to keep shooting more. He's gotta you know he has a rocket of a shot as we had seen in his power play goal the other night too, that one timer from the half wall. Oh my God, I think it was was it 100 miles per hour too they had clocked it in off of that. I mean, whoo that was nice. So keep shooting. I appreciate that we just have like the Randy Johnson of hockey now.
1: <laughs> just a gigantic guy that it in this case he's shooting instead of throwing a baseball, but
0: maybe he should grow his hair out. And,
1: well, uh, like, yeah. I'd it like to little see a mustache.
0: mustache. I think that'd be a good look.
1: Yeah. And he, I mean, he could kill like a,
0: a dove or something like that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It would be, they can maybe do like a bat, like, you know, cool. a little callback to the old days, like rather than swatting it down. You know, like a tomahawk. He's gonna shoot the puck. Yeah, he's just gonna fire it. Um, all right. Well, Taylor, let's uh before we change up the vibe here and and talk about uh, some guys who have not been performing as well as Tage Thompson in the Buffalo Sabres goalies. Do we want to hear from our our friends at DraftKings? No, not really. No. Okay. That's that's great. No.
1: Yeah. Let's hear from him. Are you gonna do it? After you. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'll do it. So. I don't know if you guys know this, but the NHL season's underway. And DraftKings wow. Sportsbook, I know, right? It's crazy. Already, it's almost it's it's barely December. An official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a goal. It doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deaf deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, Throw down $1 in any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So... Uh, Brendan, would you like to hear some stats about uh, our goaltending?
0: No, not particularly, but I don't think I have a choice, really. So go ahead. No, and
1: neither does anyone listening. Good. Uh, you're you're absolutely required to do this. So uh, Craig Anderson, who I guess we should start putting on milk cartons because folks, he's missing. <laughs> uh, Just one of the many, many casualties of the, oh, yeah, day to day. He'll be back soon. Don't worry. We might never see this guy again, folks. But he, When he was left, he was, you know, he left with his injuries. Four and two, with a 921 save percentage. Dustin Tokarski has played most of the games in his absence. He's 13 starts now. He said a respectable 910, but dropping. And Dell CEO, Michael Dell. Oof. 862. He's made four starts, lost all of them. He has faced 109 shots, and he has allowed 15 goals. Uh, so... That nothing nice. to say about that. That's just that's just unbelievably terrible. But Tokarski, that's someone to keep an eye on. Like nine ten through two months and thirteen starts, it's better than you would have thought you're going to get out of Dustin Tokarski. Here's the catch, though. He had a nine thirty six save percentage in his first three starts, and since then, his save percentage individual games, it hasn't been all bad. But in the ten games in November, he's at a nine zero three, and that's with an. 892 against Seattle, 879 against Detroit, 833 against Washington. Then he picks back up 943 against Edmonton, 978 against Pittsburgh. And it's like, huh, is this guy legit? But then he puts up a 783 against Calgary, a 667 against Columbus, gets pulled, then plays out actually the last three games against Boston. He replaces Dell who was flailing like crazy with a 960. He then uh, goes to Montreal, only lost one goal on 26 shots. So 962 save percentage. And then last night, through most of the game, he only – through regulation, he allowed, he made 38 saves on 40 shots uh, and then led in a horrific overtime winner for Detroit. Uh, he might have been screened by Darlene, but that, that's a save you have to make. It was yeah. – yeah. Not the kind of goal that goes in in 2021. Uh, so, Brendan, the Sabres might have to do something because Craig Anderson seemingly isn't back soon. Tokarski – is unreliable. Not someone you want to play every
0: night. Mm-mm. Uh, and Dell is, uh, I, don't, I, don't I know. think Dell needs to consider going back to corporate life. And at the very least, if he wants to continue chasing the dream, he can settle in as UPL's backup in Rochester. He's been atrocious. He's not an NHL goalie. And, you know, as you had just said, the Sabres I think probably definitely need to look elsewhere And it was actually recently reported by Elliot Friedman, him and Merrick were discussing potential options for the Sabres. As I had said before, they are looking to upgrade their goaltending position because they're scoring like they are in games, you know, but when you're letting up five plus goals a night at times, it's hard, no matter who you have on your team to be able to outscore a team like that, when your goalie is just letting in just everything. And so it hasn't been pretty lately. But with that being said, there could be some hope on the horizon for the Sabres because Friedman had thrown a couple of ideas out there for potential guys, some of which I'm interested in, some of which not so much. Um, He had thrown Hopi's name out there because Jake Ottinger, who was Dallas's, I believe he was a former first round pick. um, You know, Ben Bishop is not back yet. They have Anton Hudobin there, but Ottinger has been... Looking pretty good for them over the past couple of years and they've been kind of he's been waiting in the wings to just take the job and it seems like that's about to happen plus Ben Bishop has been skating but we don't know exactly when he's going to be back quite yet so either way, something's going to have to give there and it's going to feel like to me that Holpe is going to be the odd man out. Um, Miko Koskinen that's another name that's been thrown out there Mike Smith is currently hurt. Stuart Skinner has been playing really well for the Oilers lately. He's finally come on for them. So that's a potential option there that he's taking over the crease. And of course, again, like I said, Smith is out, but he's going to be back at some point this season. So Koskinen would be the odd man out there. And then... Similar situation in Montreal where Jake Allen is currently starting for them, but Carey Price is getting closer to returning. I believe he's in step two of the four-step process that I think he had said or the Canadians had said for him to return to play. So that is going to be coming along soon. And Allen's name could be out there because Montreal, they're not going to have much use for him. And to begin with, I don't think Montreal is the same team that we had saw last year who had made a run to the cup final. Um, then the other name that's thrown mm, I out. I disagree. There, I think
1: they're going to make the cup again.
0: Good to know. Thanks, Taylor, for that <laughs> rousing vote of confidence for the Canadians. Uh, but then the other th- thing too that was thrown out there that I think is probably the most interesting option. Uh, Friedman had said on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast, the total wild card to me is a guy like Georgiev from New York because his name has kind of been out there before. But the thing is, I'm looking at it with New York. You're in a playoff team right now. Are you really in a position where you want to do that? I think it's notable that he at least throws the name out there. And I think it goes without saying that Georgiev is definitely the top option out of the names listed there. He's the youngest. He's shown a a good amount of promise. And he's, you know, I know you want to have insurance behind Shosturkin there, but Shosturkin is the guy. Um, they fully invested in him. And so I think at some point or another, Georgia is going to get his shot somewhere. And if the Sabres can make that happen, I mean, it depends on what it's going to end up taking, but you can't continue like this. I know when we've said at the stop, at the, uh, the start of the year wins and losses don't matter this year. It's about the development of the young guys, but if there's a way that you can in a cost effective manner, upgrade the goalie position so that you're in games more, and maybe you're coming away with wins in some of these games that you're still putting up three, four goals, I think that's a move worth making, even if it does cost, you know, I'm not going to go crazy here, but if we're talking about something like a fourth or a fourth round pick for a guy, I, I mean, I don't think there's any reason that you wouldn't do that. George, is probably, you're looking at more of like a third potentially, um, but for like Holpi, I mean, if you can get him or Jake Allen for like a fourth or a fifth, I would seriously consider that. You know, the prospect system right now is looking really good. You're going to end up having a good first-round pick. You have three first-round picks this year, I should say. One of them is going to be good. The other two, more likely than not, are going to be in the 20s. But those are going to be three high-end prospects coming into the system on top of the depth we already have right now. If we're talking about the difference between getting additional wins this year, being a fourth or a fifth-round pick to bring in one of these goalies, I say go for it. What, what do you think? So would you believe that Georgiev has a worse safe percentage than Dell right now hate to hear that but I think even still, even still I mean I'd bank on youth there and who knows I think another name too to keep in mind that's been thrown out there is Corpy Salo from Columbus is, is that an option I mean he's lost a, a hold of the number one job there I think he did last season and he's also had his injury fair share of injury concerns but he's not the number one guy there can the Sabres get him out of Columbus I mean that's a possibility too
1: yeah so that's an interesting one as well I don't know what they're thinking so Holpe is someone I, I would be interested in just because looking at that I don't know what's going on with Q Dobin is it right now holby and Ottinger in yeah. there I assume because mm-hmm. Q Dobin has the worst save percentage in the NHL uh, so I assume he's Somewhere else. Uh and then yeah, like you said, Bishop coming back, bishop would be their guy. So in know, Jersey Young, so oh Holby probably should be available. Right. Uh I wonder about other guys becoming available.
0: What is Boston gonna do if two Rask can come back? That's a good question. I mean, I don't think there's any way that they're gonna be able to move Allmark's contract, and I but I also have a hard time thinking that they're not gonna want or that they'd want to move Swayman. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't move Swayman if I were them. Right. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah. So can you imagine I'm if all Mark ends up coming back? Yeah, that, How ridiculous that would be? Yeah. I don't, I don't love that contract though. No, but looking, looking not. at, um,
1: looking at Jake Allen, someone like Jake Allen or Brayden Holpe. I don't know. I, maybe if you're right, maybe if it is a fourth round pick or something like that, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling those guys are going to want more for one of those guys. They're not just going to want to dump them for nothing.
0: And I in mean, that when case, we're talking about a goalie. Like, a, what are comparable? Who's recent comparables actually for recent goalie trades that have happened? Hmm. I don't know. It feels like it doesn't happen a lot. Fair. Let's see. Um, let's let's pull back here. Hold on. Um. No, these are all like lower level guys. I mean, Darcy Kemp, but that's like a totally different situation with with Colorado and getting Darcy Kemper. Um, I mean, Vanacek was in exchange for a 2023 second round pick, so again, that's a younger guy. But I think that Vanacek shows more promise than a guy like Georgiev does. Um, True. Calgary acquired Dan Vladar from Boston in exchange for a third round pick. Yeah, see that doesn't bode
1: well for Allen or Holby. Then those are both proven
0: guys. Yeah, proven to an extent, I guess. They're, I mean, they're if we're talking guys. about a second round pick, then I think absolutely not. But I have a really hard time thinking that Dallas is going to be asking a second round pick for Braden Holby. Like that's just
1: well, he has a 920. Preposterous. Right I mean, you know.
0: That's yeah, but not, he's that's... also like 34, isn't he?
1: He's not young, yeah, and he hasn't been good of late, but. I mean, if he's playing well, they're not just going to give him up for less. So, I mean, the other hand, I guess maybe maybe it's different because maybe there's not a big market for guys trading for goldies right now, so maybe they'll have to take the Sabres. On the other hand, there's no there's no real. Well, you know, why would Montreal trade Allen? Is there is there besides the fact that they're tearing down? Why would they trade him now?
0: Price so comes back. Would a team would pay for him. I mean, I don't know. If I mean, and I guess that would have be, price coming back soon too.
1: Yeah, so that when they send down Mount, Mount, Mount Sambo or whatever his name is?
0: They would, but, I mean, I think Allen is the kind of guy that's kind of been in and out. You know, he had his stint with the Blue. He was there with the Blues for a while where he kind of got a shot, so he's proven that he can at least start a bit. I mean, he's not great. Like, it's not like we're talking about, like, any kind of an answer to their goaltending situation in, in the long term. You know, you're going to have my I think, for two more or for one more year after this, I think he'd be on the books. Um But maybe it's because a team's willing to pay and they're like you said, if they're in teardown mode or if they feel like they can get an asset for him that's greater than what he can bring to the table for them or however they evaluate that. I mean, maybe then they make the move if if the Sabres make the call and give them an offer that entices them a little too much. Yeah, see, that's I don't like that. <laughs> I don't really like that. I well, I I, I agree, but that. I guess that. All right, so let me ask you this then, to put it this way, and I think we'll probably both be in agreement on this. Where do you stand as being like putting your foot down and saying I wouldn't go more than this for one of these guys? Um,
1: I'm not giving up a second rounder, like you said. No, I'd be. I mean, I guess I'm not. I'm not super interested in giving up assets for for these guys like at all i mean Mm -hmm. it depends how good the guy is if it's so if 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 the scouting department has faith in georgiev or corpus probably not corpus though honestly if they have faith in georgiev Mm -hmm. and they see his his age he's he's young and they see that you know he just needs a a chance he's only started four games this year and then they yeah well you know they're like uh sure yeah let's let's give this guy a shot Mm -hmm. and Make that a multi-term deal. Just another another iron in the fire with your your goaltending because you know UPL doesn't look that great in Rochester. He's been playing better of late though. True. Yeah, he's been inconsistent. Uh and then the other two are still in college. So if you're looking for someone sooner, fine, because you know you're probably not gonna start Holtby or Allen for multiple years, probably at least. That that's something I'd be interested in. Maybe maybe you give up a second in that case. I just would defer to whatever faith they have in him. Besides that, I don't know about goals that are actually available. I don't want to give up more than a third for pretty much any of them. Yeah. And maybe not even a third. I like, I don't
0: have a hard time thinking that. I don't know. I mean, we'll see when push comes to shove because I mean, one of the data like hope going to end up getting moved. Koskinen more likely than not. is going to end up getting moved. Koskinen is at the bottom of my list though. I don't want to touch that dude with a 10 foot pole. I don't want any part of him. Um, uh, I I'd much rather hope be Allen or or depending on the price Georgiev. But again, though, I, I even think with Georgiev's case, like if we're talking about a second round pick, I don't know if I want to do that. I, I really don't. I no. don't think I, I, I want any part of it. You know, it's just not worth it. That's too high of a cost to give up for an unproven commodity.
1: Yeah. But I, I, I would go back to whatever, if they have some faith in him, if not, then don't, I mean, yeah. Don't give up too much at this point. Like I agree with what you right said now. about this year. Exactly. I agree with what you said about this year. And I would like goaltending to be 10% better. I mean, if Anderson was just back, you know, I, it, it doesn't depend a little on that. Like, it what does, but do? I
0: think at the same time, you have to see where Anderson is in January, you know, like, or where the team is really at the end of, or like the Olympic break. I mean, because again, as we had talked about Anderson's not young, he is old as hell. And, yeah how is he going to be able to keep up with a starter's schedule like that? I mean, I know he's not going to be playing like, you know, 75% of the games or anything crazy like that, but he's going to be asked to play a lot. And I think it's definitely worth being prepared for the event that this is not going to be sustainable and that the wheels are going to fall off with him too, as they have with Tokarski. And for Dell CEO, Michael Dell, the wheels have never been on. No, the wheels
1: are scattered into the winds. Exactly. So, but then let me ask you, what what happens to the Sabres? then? let's say they traded for Holtby. What do they do? Do they just cut Dell?
0: I mean, they and would they just make... send them back down and put them over, put them through waivers. Yeah, to where though? Because wouldn't it Tokarski and UPL be the Rochester goalies? And you just bury them, I guess. I mean, send them to uh, Cincinnati. I. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's an option too.
1: Maybe. I mean, could they just send him to the Southern Hockey League? It's like, all right, see you, buddy.
0: Go play a Little Rock. Just have him play in like my Thursday night league at Harbor Center. You think he's good enough? I don't know, man. There's some real hardos in that league.
1: Really? Like you? Are you one of them?
0: Certainly not. I'm just. Are are you a softo? Exercise. What's that? Are you a soft out? Does that imply? Certainly not. Certainly not. That's good. So are you, uh, how do you feel about this?
1: Uh, Evander Kane is on waivers. What should happen now?
0: Nobody should claim him.
1: And then he goes and plays in the AHL or do they just still not play him?
0: I don't know how that would work. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't want anybody to touch him. I don't want him to be in the league, to be honest. I don't – yeah, that's. this is interesting because I saw some talk today about what, what would happen
1: with someone claiming him. I mean, he's not really officially suspended, is he? So, like – but at some point he could be. He's under right. this – he's $7 million. He's owed $28 million more over the next four years. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess maybe not a full 28 since the season's already started, but close to that. Yeah. And every team he's played on has hated him, and his teammates don't want him back even though he was their leading scorer last year, and he is undergoing – He's currently in a bankruptcy lawsuit trial, and he also is being sued by the mother of his child and being accused of pretty serious physical and sexual abuse, and also less important than all that stuff. I think just putting him as a guy that was almost a point of a game guy last year really oversells him as a player. It's not any kind of surprise that, save for one year, he's been on bad teams his entire career. There's a a few reasons for that. Uh, he's not he's not the only problem, obviously, like in Buffalo or anything like that. But he he always plays in the penalty kill, but he's not good at it. He's not good at the power play either. He takes so many goddamn minor penalties. Like he maybe is the worst player in the league in that and has terrible timing with it. Uh, he doesn't – He I would say he doesn't gel with you generally with the guys he plays, which is why he doesn't get a lot of assists. Yeah. Like, you know, being on the ice for a lot of goals. And he's bad in his own zone. Now, he will put up points, and he can score goals, and he can hit.
0: Good on the forecheck, but.
1: Yeah. So, he's his, his point total oversells him a little bit. And on top of that, everything else. I mean, at any point, it seems like he could be suspended for an entire season.
0: Yeah, like, you gave a laundry list of reasons to not sign him. Yeah. Nobody should go near him or blame be, him, whatever.
1: Yeah, it'd be weird, though, if he's playing in the AHL. I'm not actually sure what their plan is in that case, but. But anyway, that's our update on Evander Kane. We have one about every two weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hopefully we don't have any more.
1: That'd be that'd be nice. He just decided he was going to go away or something like that. That'd be great.
0: I yeah. really enjoy that. So
1: that was a that was, that was a busy week we've had with the Sabers, and it continues. If you're listening to this on Monday, the Sabers play the Kraken in Buffalo at 7 p.m. Kraken are interesting because people going into the season thought that they might be a playoff team. Not me but people thought, Hey, maybe they don't have a ton of punch on offense, but they can play defense and they have Philip Grubauer and Chris Dreiger. Here's the thing. It turns out, yes, they do have a good defense and wow. Philip Grubauer is suddenly the worst goalie in the league. Question mark. Crazy. What's going on. He's an eight seventy. He's, he's playing behind like an actual,
0: uh, decent set of, uh, you know, Defensemen. They don't score as much as they need to, but also he's just been bad. I mean they they aren't you know they have a good set of D, but their forward corpse is not that great. I no, think-
1: it's they, I I. When you go into the season very obviously we weren't going to have any scoring punch. I mean when Vegas drafted their team, they were starting to, have to draft like your boy David Perron and like I believe they had James Neal, they had March or so, they had Riley Smith, they like guys mm-hmm. that could score a little Carlson. that could be in the twenties. Well. I don't, well, I don't know, a if shocker, actually, but yeah. Yeah. It turned out he could score.
0: I mean, he ended up scoring for them was my point though. Oh yeah. He ended up getting 43 goals, but
1: yeah. yeah. Like yeah. they took guys that could score this team seemingly didn't even want to do that. They seemingly wanted guys. Uh, I don't know. They wanted. A, I mean, I guess they were more focused on the defensive side, but all that falls apart. Mm-hmm. If your seemingly decent goalie uh, becomes terrible. He has dropped almost 50
0: points in save percentage from last year. That's unbelievable. That's insane. It's insane. Yeah, it's really something. He put together a nice little string of wins, too. Uh, Well, two, I should say. He uh, won last week against Washington and Carolina, neither of which are any slouches. And then, you know, he (laughs) loses to Tampa Bay after that. So, yeah, six wins in 17 games played, 890 save percentage. 303 goals against average not ideal taylor not ideal at all for the seattle kraken and dreiger hasn't been that much better either no so that's the last game we play until the next
1: podcast because next thursday well thursday of this week they'll play the panthers uh and then saturday they'll play the hurricanes so that's that's tough that's two tough games they're gonna have after seattle be big to get a win
0: can't wait for sam reinhardt to score eight goals against us on thursday
1: you know, my prediction for Reinhardt is that he has uh, one goal, one assist, plays solid overall.
0: Sounds like a Sam Reinhardt performance.
1: Yeah. So anyway, here's here's an interesting thing. I was talking to my good friend Jeff last night, and he pointed out the Sabres don't have a back-to-back until December 11th. So more than a week from now, almost two weeks. And he thinks at that time that uh, Dell should not play, since there's no back-to-backs. I tend yeah. to agree, actually. I'm not like too. Tokarski's so good, you got to ride him. But Dell is so bad, you have to ride Tokarski. So
0: who knows? Stretch, maybe Braden Holpe will be playing by that point.
1: <laughs> hey, maybe. Maybe we'll have a whole different guy. If UPL gets up here at some point, who knows? Uh, but yeah, it would be huge to get a win against the Kraken because we've never beat the Kraken. Did you know that? That's insane. Never. So we never beat the Kraken. Yeah, very embarrassing. So we'd like to beat them. And because at that point, I got to say, I would put a lot of money on them losing. By multiple goals, both Thursday and Saturday, uh, those are two of the best teams in the league. They might be the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And then weirdly have the the Red Hot Ducks Tuesday, December 7th, Troy Terry, second coming of Team Solani, apparently. <laughs> so that's that's something we have to worry about. and then we'll have the uh the rangers in the 10th and then finally you probably have to play dell when we play the capitals on the 11th god i hope best of luck to him with that yeah (laughs) ovechkin might break the record that night
0: uh yeah Yeah. true
1: (laughs) yeah interesting stuff so we'll have more uh for you after the seattle win or loss whatever it is thursday's episode so brennan do you have any recommendations for the people
0: Yeah, I do actually. The new Beatles documentary, Get Back, that came out on Disney+. Plus, I had watched it over the weekend. It's three parts. It came out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Each episode is two hours plus, so it's definitely an investment, but man, that was probably the coolest music documentary I've ever seen. Um, The Let It Be sessions are characterized by pretty much like the, the legend of it is just how much they like hated each other the entire time and that it was just miserable and This, that and the other, and there was definitely issues that they had to work through and there was arguing. George left, George Harrison had uh, left the band for a couple of days, but ultimately ended up coming back. But what I really took away from it was that it was more the story of a band working through their issues to create what was still a really great album, despite all of the drama and, and noise that was going on in the background. And I mean, especially too, like, it it was unbelievable. Just getting to see like people would be talking and then in the background, it would be like Paul McCartney figuring out like the piano part for let it be. There's one part too, where it shows him literally in the moment coming up with the song structure for get back. Um, And just all of these songs coming together, these that are some of the most well-known songs in pop in the history of popular music. But It was just really fascinating, like the drama, the emotion in it. There was no narrating. There was like some subtitles too that would kind of like help push the story along. But 95% of it is just from footage that was taken at the time. I think there was, they had access to like like 80 hours of footage or something like that. And it's directed by Peter Jackson, who of course famously directed the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, So it, it was just so great, so interesting. I was just glued to it the entire time. So if you're a music fan, if you're a Beatles fan, obviously, but if you're just like a music fan or you're intrigued by songwriting in general and just band dynamics, especially when you're talking about arguably the most famous band ever, Um, I could not recommend it enough. It was just so, so undeniably cool. What about you? Do you have any? Well, I was going to say, people do not know that Ludacris'
1: Get Back was just a cover
0: of the Beatles song. It was. Paul McCartney actually just knew in advance that Ludacris one day would take it and make it his own. And so he wrote it for him back in 1969. Really amazing foresight. I mean, you learn so much with these kind of documentaries. You do. you really now you're a Beatles guy. Is that right? Um. Yeah, you could say that as I look around my apartment with different decorative Beatles things everywhere. Yes, I am a, a big Beatles guy. That's
1: good. So I think a lot of people, a lot of people seem to be enjoying that one. I have an anti-recommendation. Uh-oh. So you might have seen this. Every once in a while, Netflix makes a movie that it looks like it's shot inside a computer and they say... This, more people watch this movie than uh, the Titanic or Ben-Hur or some shit like that. They don't say it like that, but but I think you have to recognize like what they're saying when they put these things out, because they did this with Bird Box a couple of years ago. Like the number of, they don't do it the same way other movies do, because obviously there's no box office. They'll say something like this many hours uh, were spent watching this on Netflix in the first 10 days of release, which is a record for us or something like that, and <clears throat> Now, regular movies are all reported uh, via box office when they're in theaters, so that's the only way. And then anything streaming wise is totally proprietary information. So Netflix doesn't have to release anything, and when they do release something, there's no way to verify it. They could just, they could just be lying, which I gotta say, they're either lying or counting this very strangely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I because I, I tweeted about it because I think it's actually it's pretty obnoxious, but it's also a good bit because uh, the movie I'm talking about is Red Notice that just came out,
0: starring. Oh. With Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and Gal Gadot, yes, yeah. So, it's I agree with this uh, anti recommendation. It's terrible,
1: but I'd like to point out that today they say in the first ten days of it being released, it's been viewed by for two hundred and seventy-eight million hours, which it's a two-hour movie, which means that it's been viewed one hundred and thirty-nine million times, is what they're saying. It basically, at least that many times, because more people could have watched it and bounced after like an hour 45 or like <laughs> 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah. So, but let's just take it that we're like, this is how people watch it. This is actually, this makes us a conservative estimate. This is the lowest possible estimate. 139 million. That's basically equivalent to a movie that grosses globally over 1.3 billion. And movie tickets on average are, they're over $10 in the 11 range. Mm-hmm. So movie that grosses 1.4 or 5 billion which almost no movie's ever done but now you think about this people don't just watch things alone so if you think about it in terms of let's say on average one and a half people watched every time it was watched that would mean that more people saw this movie than avengers endgame
0: there's no way
1: and that's avengers endgame total and this is ten days for this movie.
0: That's it's just no way. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's absurd. I know there's been some reporting on the way it's
1: counted. So I'm what I'm saying is obviously not what they're really claiming. But what they're claiming is even more spurious bullshit. Because I think what it really comes down to is they're they are counting times when you're just on Netflix and a movie just starts auto playing, or like a trailer starts auto playing, or like you click the wrong thing, like you click on your profile name and you click twice by accident. It starts the first recommended movie Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or like, you're just like, Oh, what's red notice. What's this? Oh, okay. And then turn it off. Something you can't really do in a movie theater, but this is why I'm annoyed by it. Two big reasons. Number one, I'm actually interested in how much people watch movies on streaming, because I think it, it offers something obviously that movies don't, which is you can just watch it at home and you can Mm -hmm. watch it whenever you want. And there's no restrictions and you can pause, you know, Home video, there, there were numbers for home video back in the day. It wasn't totally uh, a big secret like these ones, but I'm interested. Maybe people saw, you know, let's say the movie that came out in fall 2020. It was called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the Charles Kaufman movie. And Charles Kaufman's had a lot of great movies. I think, besides Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I don't think many people saw them. Oh, being John Melkovich, maybe, but they're never gigantic hits. Mm-hmm. They would have been the most watched movies ever had. He'll never know. I'll never know. No one will ever know. And the other thing with you know those movies is they disappear from the, the cultural consciousness so quickly because streaming, whatever, everything moves way faster now. But I'm generally interested how many people watch these things on Netflix. And I wish they just wouldn't lie about it. They could just tell us. Uh, the other thing is that movie uh, was real big poop. Big poop emoji, folks. That yeah, movie was it terrible.
0: <laughs> it was really not good.
1: I think they were just like, hey, everyone, lean into your worst instincts. Yep. So Ryan Reynolds just – his uh, uh quippiness lack of earnestness his a uh, cringy snark whatever mm-hmm. that's every line of the movie there's one point where uh a an interpol agent is like i'm gonna send you to the worst prison imaginable and he's like what your instagram I was like what is that is that even a joke yeah i don't get it and then he makes the joke he calls the joke back later in the movie doesn't make sense it was Gilgado is a uh, gal is a terrible actress mm-hmm. uh just completely without charm really not good in any kind of movie and the rock doesn't know how to pick he's a really charming guy so he doesn't really know how to pick the movies that he should be in but yeah. he's rich so what does he care and then there's a scene with ed sheeran that really sucks but anyway not a good movie and i recommend you don't watch it i i know well i shouldn't be recommending that because everyone in the entire world has already watched it according to netflix but if you want to watch a good movie i don't know i'll come up with
0: something good for you later in okay. for the first episode I'll, I'll have a movie that's not terrible wow That seems like a great place to end things. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on their respective websites, social media accounts, and whatever your streaming service of choice is. Also, make sure you're checking us out and you're following us on either facebook or instagram at straight up sabers on twitter at straight sabers and whatever you are using to listen to this podcast make sure you are also subscribed or following us whatever it may be as taylor had said before we'll be back with a new episode on thursday so we hope you all have a great start to your week we'll talk to you soon this has been straight up sabers